It's 4 o'clock on a Monday. You know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! This week, starring special guest star Mr. Bobby Borg, and we're going to talk about blowing up your fan base, but I'm curious if Bobby's even back on the phone or not. Bobby, are you there? Hello, Bobby. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, that's good because the show started about thirty seconds ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good All right, we're we're live on the air. All right. Um, okay. So, hello everybody. Let me get the chat room open. There's everybody there. I've got Bobby in my thing. Of course, we're having technical difficulties, which happens every single time I want to bring a guest in. So we're bringing Bobby in on the phone today. Which is cool because he's got a larger-than-life voice and we'll hear him just fine. Um, let me tell you a very short version of who Bobby is. His resume is much longer, but uh, I want to give you the short version. Um, Bobby's been working successfully in the music business for over 40 years as a major label, um, independent and DIY recording slash touring artist. He's the author of eight books. Hey, Bobby. Yes. Bobby, uh, whatever you're moving around, I can hear really clearly. Uh, the author of eight books about the music industry and as a professor of top mu and as a professor at top music industry programs at major universities. His mission is to help musicians turn their passion for music into more successful business. Not to mention the fact that Bobby was also the drummer in the band Warrant and was a valued member of Taxi's A and R team for like 10 or 15 years. So welcome once again, Mr. Bobby Borg. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Great to have you, as always. Um, so, blowing up... Uh, it sounds like you're moving furniture over there. Sorry, there's a couple, couple little distractions here and there. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, blowing up your fan base. <laughs> um it's got to be hyperbole or exaggeration, I'm guessing, um, and I'm sure, I think you're going to give us 32 different tips uh, today, but uh, is it possible to just like press a button or click a button or pay somebody $1,000 and blow up your fan base? Bobby? Hello? Bobby? <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Yep. Um, yeah, sorry, there's going to be a couple little distractions in the background. I apologize for that. Um, no, there is no magic uh, buttons to, 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 uh, to blow up, unfortunately, or to, to, to press that you can <laughs> blow up your fan base. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Or Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. So, so basically, I mean, the, the, the whole um, sort of premise behind this, this talk today is is it's kind of a hyperbole for, um, you know, what people want to happen. You know, isn't there just a magic button where we could press where everything is just going to magically blow up? Isn't there an 800 number we can call? Isn't there some magic trick that someone has that they're not sharing with me um, so that, uh, you know, so that I can magically blow up? You know, there's got to be a secret out there that someone else knows about. Right. So, <laughs> so really the premise behind this is really... Um, is really like, hey, you know what, you guys, um, you know, let's investigate what it what it really, really takes. And behind all the hype, and be all behind all the thumbnail videos we see with the guys with the open mouth, you know, giving the uh, thumbs up, you know, 
um, you know, like, hey, pull up your fan base fast in 50 days and all that stuff. <laughs> Beyond all that, like, what really, what really is there? Um, because, because it really boils down to some, some basic things when you really, really look at it. And it's the same thing for all of us. It's the same thing for me. It's the same thing for you. Um, it's the same thing for our guests today. And, um, and I think when we realize that, we can just sort of be more at peace with all this and just do what we got to do. So I think that's what we should talk about today. Works for me. Um, I'm always amazed at how, uh, and maybe you'll touch on this later in one of the 32 bullets, but uh, people that will go out and spend 10, 20, $30,000 to record an album and then don't set aside even 50 bucks for marketing, any form of marketing. Uh, and, and then they think that they're just going to put out this record and is if by magic, one person's going to hear about it or two people or five people, their friends, their family, and they're going to tell everybody they know and spend all their time and go out of their way to, to go viral at this thing. And it's just going to take off. That happens about once every 10 years and only by an act of God, I'm convinced. Am I crazy that it, it Things go viral on their own exceedingly rarely. Well, well, definitely we do hear of things, and, and the one or two people, or three people, or ten people that we hear about, we amplify and we look at those as the examples. You know, we say, "Hey, look at little Nas X. You know, he sat in his bedroom uh, or his sister's bedroom, and and you know, and, and wrote a song that uh, that that blew up, and and look, you know, and look at him. You know, so I could do it too." You know, it's always that, that exception that sort of fuels right. our fire, you know. Um, but it really is when you look at the at the stats. I mean, it's 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 the it's still even in this day of bedroom artists, it's still very rare, you know. Um, so I think it's kind of like sitting around waiting to win the lottery is not really a strategy. I agree, and that's about probably the the same odds as winning the lottery. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and it breaks my heart because, you know, I actually, maybe 20 times in my life, I've purchased a lottery ticket. And I know I'm basically lighting a match to the money, but it breaks my hard heart um, when I go to the gas station and I see people that are probably blue cut. Well, I can tell they're, they're painters and laborers. I can tell by how they're dressed. And they go in there and buy a six pack or two of beer and buy lottery tickets. And I'm thinking... Uh, do they not know the odds? I, I guess there's always hope and one can dream. Um, it's not like I've never purchased them myself, but they've got to know that the odds are like one in 25 million or something ridiculous, yet they still do it. So I guess it's not surprising that people hope that their their song will be the one or their career will be the one thing that blows up. You know. Yeah, and like as you, as you and me both say, you know, hope is is not a strategy. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, with buying, you know, a, a lotto, a one dollar lotto ticket or something like that. But just as long as that's not your only strategy, you know what I mean? Like that, that's it's not as long as you're you're saying, boom, this is gonna be it. I just know it. You know, and you're, you know, and you're one step away from, you know, from from poverty i mean uh, you, you know i mean there's yeah. nothing wrong with you know you know put a put a feeler out there why not but 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 definitely don't put all your eggs in that basket you know it, it, there's so much more to this but you're you're so right michael people go off and they spend a lot of time making a record and then they just kind of slap it out there and then they get disappointed when it's not successful they spent twenty thousand dollars to make it 
and you know and they have zero patience when it comes to marketing it or or advertising or paying any money and uh, and you know and that's that's the disadvantage and that's you know and some of the things that we're going to talk about today this bullet uh, list I have for for mm-hmm. example is going to um I think it's going to help a lot of people because again you guys um the sort of the premise behind all this is is you know listen who isn't trying to blow up their fan base i'm still trying to blow up my fan base you know there's been fan bases that i've blown up in the past you know i've been a an artist that was you know signed to major labels i've you know i i i've released books and and you know i'm a consultant and and in different ways i've had fan bases that blowed up but then you have to or blow up and now you have to blow up another fan base we're all trying to do this you know Absolutely. I I was looking at a lot of the, um, you know, like I said, a lot of these these videos out there, you know, that 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 they're very hyperbole, you know, like ten thousand fans in twenty days and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just going, you know, like let's let's tear apart. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch fifty of these things, and I'm gonna really just I'm gonna see what these guys have to say. Now, of course, I have a background in marketing. I have a master's degree from USC in marketing, and I've spent several you know decades doing it myself and doing it for my clients. Um, so I was like, let's see what these guys have to say. And the funny thing about it is, is there is no special sauce. There is one no 800 number. It all boils down to the same things. And in this lecture today, or this talk today, I'm just going to tell you, you know, here is the repeated things that were constantly said, you know, over and over again, between all these different videos, between all these different experts, and I think, again, when we hear them, it's going to help us sort of go, you know what, let's just roll up our sleeves and let's just do what we got to do. And, 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 you know, and, and, and that's going to be some work. So hopefully you guys are prepared for some work. <laughs> yeah, people, look, nobody really wants to work, but it, if you want something, if you want the end result badly enough, the work doesn't feel like work. So maybe people need to examine how badly they really want things to blow up but that's that's maybe a discussion for another day so let's go with number one on your list it's called it says vision tell us all about vision okay and um, and you know michael if, if you don't mind you made such an amazing point right now that if you don't mind i just want to tackle real quick and then i'm going to sure. hit vision so basically you you are so right um people um a lot of times pe- people don't have to, you know, in other words, a lot of times people feel that they can't put in the work, you know, like, for example, they work a full time job. Um, They have another career, they have a family that they have to attend to. Um, So a lot of them sometimes feel that, well, you know, I don't I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the time. I'm not 20 years old anymore. I can't, you know, or 18 or 17. I can't live at home while my parents make me food. And I just go after my career 24 (laughs) seven, you know, so, you know, a lot of people feel sort of like desperate, you know, I have an hour a day or 20 minutes a day, like, can't you guys just listen to my song and place it in a big film? I mean, it's like, it's good, you know, can you see that, you know? Um, So I think that's where we get like some of the, the, the problems, you know, sometimes people have like these, these big hurdles that they have to jump. And they and they, and then as a result, they they just they get a little you know there's a there's a feeling of like well God what do I do um, I just want to I don't want it to be heard I only have an hour to deal with this stuff or 20 minutes to deal with this stuff so it becomes a little bit um, a little bit of, of, of problematic but again there's no magic sauces so let's just go ahead and look at number one then which is vision does that sound okay. good lay it on me okay 
So ultimately, I mean, one of the things that I found that were repeatedly said um, overall is that obviously um, you have to have for your own personal self, you have to have a clear idea about where it is that you're going, because when you're clear about where it is going, it's easier to map out a direction to get there. So a lot of us sometimes just think, well, I want to make it. But, you know, but what exactly does that mean? What are we trying to do? You know, what films are we trying to get into? What directors are we trying to hook up with? What music supervisors do we need to know? You know, the, the clearer you are about where it is you're going, the easier it is to map out a direction to get there. Now, now looking at it from another perspective, about your from your fans' perspective, when fans see that you truly have something that you that you stand for that you believe in this is a solid artist that is doing this because they really care about making a change that they that they're really passionate about some sort of cause fans tend to get more on board with those artists than sort of the fly by night people that are just jumping on going click on my link you know play me right. you know I want to get famous fast so that I can, you know, have a, this great life. You know, fans don't tend to really to gravitate on, uh, to those types of people. They pick up on it a lot faster. So when they when they see that you're the real thing, you know, you are the real thing. Um, there's a, a, there's a, 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 you know um, a, more possibility for you to get fans that are like, wow, this person is like me. Um, I really like where this person is going, and to sort of come aboard, you know. Um, there's some substance there, so that's an important thing. Yep, I just read an article about uh, a country artist that was donating a dollar for every person that followed him on one of the platforms. He would donate a dollar to Tunnels to Towers, which is an organization that raises money for the families of fallen soldiers and, and um, policemen, firemen, um, and ultimately, they pay off their mortgage so that even though maybe the, the, the big breadwinner, the household is gone, they don't have to worry about their mortgage anymore. And I thought, what a great thing. So people got behind him, frankly, whether they liked the music or not, because they liked the cause. And then those people probably told other people. So I believe that you're 100% right. Exactly. Absolutely. Definitely. So yeah. talk, talk to me about number two on the list, Target. Number two is Target. Obviously, um, you know, one of the, the, the biggest mistakes that you can make, obviously, um, is 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 thinking that that everyone is your fan and that you want everybody to to friend you and that you want everybody to, um, you know, to, to subscribe to your YouTube channel and so on and so forth. But, you know, that, that that's that that obviously is not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is we're looking for the people that are truly into and passionate about what we're doing and what our music is all about and what we um, you know have to offer. Um, you know, simply because it's 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 like trying to 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 sell bread to somebody that doesn't eat bread. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And as simple as a concept of this sounds, um, a, a lot of times people you know do make this mistake. You could just look at it and their messaging. Their messaging is all wrong. Who are you trying to appeal to? It's all over the map. Um, so having a clear idea about who it is that you're trying to target, what kind of language they speak, what's their tone of voice, what are they looking for. Is, is just going to help you to serve your, your customers and your fans that much better. That's great. And what about competition? Because, you know, we'd all like to believe that we're the only one out there doing it. So do you recommend looking at competition to learn from them or to find ways to crush them? So basically, um, you know, there's two things that we can do here. We can learn from our competition and we can also position ourselves against the competition. So 
You know, a lot of times when we're looking at uh, uh, trying to, to blow up our fan base, you know, we're again, we're trying to find the special sauce. So why don't we look at some of the other people that are in our realm, you know, that are doing something maybe in our realm or similar to what we're doing and just investigate what are they doing? How often are they posting? What are they posting? What are they saying? What kind of hashtags are they using? Um, are they including any kind of links? What are their call to actions? You know, all of this stuff is, is ammunition for learning. I mean, literally, go on anyone that's, that's successful and just look at what they're doing and try to copy some of the same things that they're doing, number one. Number two, try to figure out what they're not doing so that you can position yourself and within your own strengths against the competition so there's something that's also standing out that's unique about you. Because obviously you don't want to just piggyback, you know, against somebody else. You want to try to find out some of the things that um, that they're not doing that maybe you are strong out, and then you want to also push those things as well. So, so this is almost like a no-brainer, Michael. Like really, literally. Like if you're trying to get on blogs and you're like, I have no idea, like what blogs I should get on. Go to any of your competitors' websites, and they're going to tell you what blogs they're on. They're going to tell you who's written about them. They're going to post the different you know, links to the articles uh, of the different editors and things that have written about them. And th right there, you already have your blog list of people that you can also approach as well and that you can actually reach out to. And potentially, they'll be interested in writing about you too as well. So look at your competition, look at what they're doing, study what they're doing, copy what they're doing, and also figure out what um, they're not doing and maybe position yourself on that. One of our viewers, Edmund Red, asked a question. I think a lot of people probably have, so I'm going to um, jump in here for a second. His question is, as a music composer looking for production music libraries, publishers, or music soups, how do you target them? Um, yeah, but, you know, probably 50%, maybe even 75% of our viewers aren't that interested in being a rock and roll star so much as they are scoring a film or getting their stuff into production music libraries, ultimately in TV shows and movies. Any uh, good ideas on how they could make them the target? Or they are well, the target, how do they get to them? Sorry. Well, so so let's just use a case uh, example here. So I had a friend that was um, trying to sort of, you know, build a library, try to find, you know, clients, try to find people that would be interested in placing his music and film and television and video games and so on and so forth. And what this particular guitar player did really well is he had he had a niche. He was a former rock guitar player that failed at trying to be a rock star, but he had a very heavy sort of aggressive uh, sound in, in, the, in the music that he was creating for film and television and, and, and building his library. So he thought, hmm, okay, so I'm a guitar player. I have a lot of guitar sort of recorded music. It's, it's loud, it's grungy, it's aggressive. So who potentially could be a target for this type of music? Like, and then he thought, well, video games, uh, you know, uh, like Tonka toy truck, maybe commercials, you know, this type of thing, maybe Dodge truck commercials. Anything that would require, um, you know, something with sort of a heavier, sort of thicker, grungier sound. Then he started to find uh, people um, that actually catered to pitching this kind of music and, and people that tended to get placements in more of these areas and started focusing on targeting these people and getting them um, his material. So you do have different music libraries and, and song pluggers that oftentimes you know, tend to lean to a particular niche or have 
maybe certain connections in that niche, maybe that others might not. And he just started targeting those people. And now he's doing exactly that, writing for video games, placing his, uh, his, his music in sort of heavier type commercials, you know, Dodge truck kind of things, you know, that type of things, motorcycle, Harley Davidson things, you right. know, where, where a heavier sort of rock guitar kind of uh, music might be, uh, might be needed. So, you know, again, it's just, it's just what do you do and who is most likely going to be the person that is interested in consuming that material and, and just trying yeah. to connect those two dots and just start instead of spraying and praying. Absolutely. Um, frankly, a lot of people don't bother with websites anymore because, well, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, what do I need a website for? But you know what? You control the website. And if you have, speaking of your friend, if he had a website and his keywords um, were like uh, rock instrumentals pre-cleared for licensing, uh, you know, music supervisors, actually music libraries don't go online and look for people all the time, uh, very infrequently, I, I think. But I know some of my music supervisor friends that will do that in a moment of desperation, late at night, when they can't pick up the phone or get an email answered by somebody working at a production music library, they will, in fact, go online and search. Um, I'm, I'm not going to mention a, but one of my friends who is a, is a big, big music supervisor does that a lot and usually two o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And so if you had a website and you had um, tags on your website, rock, guitar based rock music pre-cleared for sync licensing. And a good music supervisor would probably Google those words and you're going to come up high in the results because you have your own website and because you chose the right keywords. And you're going to get a lot more action out of that than you are being one of, you know, 2.3 million rock guitarists on Facebook. Because you are clear on what you do, because yep. you are clear on what your strengths are, and because you are clear on who your most likely customer is, your target audience. When That's you right. can't identify that, and it's just like, here, let me just create it and let everyone else figure it out where, what, what it's good for, um, oftentimes, um, you know, we're going to run into problems. I think the biggest problem for a lot of people is committing to what they are. Because they're afraid that if they say I'm a rock, I, I, look, I'm a, I make instrumental kind of rock heavier stuff for video games and advertisements and stuff like that. They're afraid about eliminating all of the other people as well. But sometimes when you try to um, please too many people, you end up pleasing nobody. So sometimes right. starting with the position and then at least getting your foot into the door with that position and then you can let people know about the other things that you do too. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Try, don't try to be all things to all people. Um, right. Remember so, uh, the mu the movie City Slickers and that guy uh, is leaning up against the rock and he says the secret to life is just one thing. And that what, there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's being just one thing. Um, exactly. All right. Uh, let's go to number four on your list, which is goals. So number I mean, we've we've all been hearing. You see, again, you guys, we've all been hearing stuff like this. You know, setting goals. You're like, oh boy, here we go again. I thought he was going to give us the one eight hundred number, right? Again, <laughs> you know, again, I literally after watching all of the fluff, after looking through all the fluff, you guys, this is all it came down to. The same old stuff we already know, right? But a lot of people still don't practice the stuff. The the, the key thing to setting goals is is it just it, it you know, especially when they're specific. 
So there's a specific thing that you're trying to do. Like, listen, I am going to submit to, you know, I'm going to make 30 submissions to taxi this year, or I'm going to, you know, respond to 60 listings this year or something of that nature, or I'm going to, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, the, the key to all of this, uh, you guys, is um, it's something specific, obviously, to work towards. And some, instead of just sort of vaguely waking up every day and saying, oh, I think I'm just going to work on my music today, it gives you something to work towards, obviously, and direct all your attention. But secondly, when you have smart goals, which are specific and measurable as well, you have something to measure whether or not you're successful. And when you measure it, you can manage it. You, in other words, it's going to slap you in the face and say, wait a minute, you know, I was supposed to submit, you know, at least, you know, 10 times by this date, and I haven't even submitted once. It's just going to slap you in the face, and it's going to check you, and it's going to say, hey, we need to wake up, and we yeah. need to get our, our stuff together, so to speak. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, being on a diet and, and getting on a scale every morning. You know, the scale is the, the key to measuring. You know, you get on, you're like, wait a minute, I'm gaining, I'm not losing, and you can fix it immediately. So the key of having goals is that it directs you and it also helps to check yourself to see whether or not it's working and you can immediately adjust and make a change if it's not. Not two years later going, oh, I guess this music thing isn't working out for me. It immediately grabs you and says, we need to make a change. So goals, I mean, this is like the ABCs of um, of success in business, right? You have to have Absolutely. Uh, uh, in the early days of Taxi, I used to write a post-it note. Whatever my goal was for the day, I would write it on a post-it note and stick it right on the bathroom mirror so I had to look it in the eye, so to speak, every mm -hmm. morning when I went in there to brush my teeth. Um, there you go. And then there were days that I missed it because I didn't brush my teeth until four in the afternoon because I was working so hard on taxi. Some of you guys <laughs> said, did I miss number three? Yeah, you did miss number three. It was competition. We talked about looking at what your competition is doing and emulating that. So now we're moving on to number five, which is the brand. And this one confuses people. They don't really understand what a brand is, how to create a brand, what makes them a brand, what their brand is clarify all that stuff if you yeah will. all of this i mean of course could be a class in itself but essentially you know a brand is the image that your fan or the customer has of you in their mind so whether or not you do anything or not somebody is going to have a, an immediate perception of you and what you do and if you want to control in any way that perception then you need to be think really clearly about the identity that you're putting forth and that identity is literally in everything. It's the words you use. It's the pictures you use. It's um, the, the colors the, the, you use. Absolutely. It's, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. So when, when you look at your Instagram, when you look at your Facebook, when you look at your, your YouTube, when you look at you know, the way you present yourself at a convention, when you look at you know, the way you dress, when you look at your name, when you look at the name of your company, when you look at all of this stuff, it all projects a message in the minds of the of the consumer. Um, and and the and the idea here is is you might not get it right. You know, people are entitled to perceive things as they will. So and, and people will perceive things differently based on their culture and a whole lot of other things. So we need to make sure to be as clear and consistent as we possibly can um, to to help them go oh this is what you do and a lot of people are not really 
sort of cognizant of that. They they just sort of put themselves out there and they hope people will figure out what they do. So and you have to really kind of think about this clearly. And they don't listen to the people who love them the most, which can help them formulate what their brand is. You know, I've read this in many of the marketing books that I've read, which is you can try all day to determine what your brand is, but you'll be better served by listening to your most loyal customers because they will tell you what your brand is. And, and, and I know, think there's yeah, a, lot, a lot of truth. All right, let's you move know, on uh, to... Well, and, and, and real quick, Michael, because uh, yeah. this is such a huge one, you guys. You know, you might wonder, I don't know what my brand is. You, you, as Michael pointed out, you have to, oftentimes you're right. You don't know what you are. You don't know what your strengths are. You don't know what, it, what, is, what works about you. And one of the best ways to do this is to, is to, is to ask for feedback. And again, you know, uh, one of the great things also, and I'm, Michael, you know, <laughs> I am saying this on my own free will. You know, one of the, one of the things I always thought was great about Taxi was it's not about just getting your music placed. It's about hearing what professionals are saying about your songs that you might not even realize yourself, you know? Right. And, and this is important because the more and more you hear the same things over again, the more you could go, aha, you know, people are saying I have really good melodies. You know, maybe that could be, you know, part of what I do or part of my brand. So it's, it's really, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, you have to listen to what people are saying. You know, it's funny, uh, if I may digress for about 45 seconds this morning, I was reading a marketing book because that's what I try to read for an hour every morning before I come to work. I do it while I'm having my coffee. I have to try really hard not to turn on the news in order to succeed at that. So this morning, um, I was reading a book that was written many years ago, but an updated version is out, so I'm rereading it. and it got me thinking about great headlines. It got me thinking about the taxi print ads. And I started thinking about what our members tell me, which is they don't have time. They're married, they have families, they have a mortgage, they have a job, and they don't have a lot of time. So uh, I know that they'd rather concentrate on their music than on the business side of things. So I came up with a headline this morning, first draft of the ad, you guys are seeing it long before the rest of the world. We do the legwork so you can pitch your best work. There you go. <laughs> it's not yeah. a brand it's not a branding issue so much, but when you think about if you just listen to what people tell you and, and what I've heard from our members is time is, is a rare commodity for them. So how can we help them um, deal with their careers? On, because of the fact that uh, they don't have much time. So there you go. We do the legwork exactly. so you can pitch your best work. Yeah, All right. I mean, and that speaks to your audience because that's the majority uh, um, uh, or a good majority of your audience. Um, so you're speaking to them. So, so you, you know, that, that's important. So, you know, t taxi is, is, your, is your ride or your vehicle, uh, you know, potentially to, um, to meeting your goals. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I remember I first, the tagline I had for the company in the very, very beginning, like day number one, was Taxi, the computer vehicle for the music industry. Because we were an online company on AOL when they only had 100,000 members. And I was too early and people in the industry at labels are going, computer vehicle, does that mean you guys deliver computers? What? So I had to change yeah. it to the world's leading independent A&R company because nobody was doing independent A&R when I started the company. So right. there you go. All right, let's move on to number six, which is uh, content. 
Talk to me about content, please. So, I mean, just content, uh, I mean, listen, uh, part of promotion, obviously, and building a fan base is putting out content, obviously. And, you know, it, it's crazy because, I mean, I go on so many people's Instagrams, you know, when I'm speaking with a client or a student, and I'm just looking at their content, and it's just like, you know, what are you doing? I mean, like, it, it's just like, you know, pictures of, you know, the, the, the selfie of, like, you know, you eating your, your piece of pizza or you, like, you know, walking your dog or something. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's not thoughtful. It doesn't sort of point to any direction or have any purpose. It's just sort of random. Now, when you're really, really successful and, you know, you're John Lennon, then people probably want to see pictures of you walking your dog. Um, but, but typically speaking, you know, be, be cautious of what, of what you're putting out and, and the material that you're putting out and whether or not it's of quality. And think about also creating content that is, is native to certain platforms. Like, so, for example, um, you know, when you post on Facebook, you know, Facebook does not enjoy a link to your YouTube video as much as it would you embedding the YouTube video into Facebook. You know, because right. again, right, uh, Facebook and all these different platforms want to keep you on the platform, not take you away from the platform. So the algorithms are going to tend to favor content that is more um, driven for that platform. You know, so so think about the, the content, think about the quality of the content, think about whether or not it's native for that platform. Um, and uh, and try to create content for that for that platform. Um, you know, I'm so, so glad so, you so said important. that. After I wrote the full page uh, first draft of the print ad, I'm holding up now uh, the, the shorter version, which is the, the uh, Instagram version of it, which is the ad boiled down to a single sentence. Taxi gives you 1,200 real opportunities a year to get your music in TV shows, feature films, records, commercials, and movie trailers, all for less than you spend on your daily coffee. So mm -hmm. that way I took 176 words and boiled it down to 24 because that's what that platform likes for content. Exactly. All right. uh, let's go on. Ooh, this next one. Don't oversell. Yeah, so this is obviously, you know, an, an important one. I mean, there's a tendency, obviously, that, that everything you post, you know, you're, you, you don't have a lot of time. So, you know, if you're going to post, you want something to happen. So a lot of times what, you know, a, a tendency for a lot of people to do is just kind of go in for the, the right hook right away. You know, let me knock them out right away. You know, hey, click on my link. Hey, my record is done. You know, click here to check it out. You know, hey, you guys, I'm, I'm doing this. Check it out. You know, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. It's, it's, it's all about check it out. You know, go to my Spotify stream, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and the idea is that generally people, you know, uh, don't like to be you know sold or don't like to be told to do something so the tendency should probably be what's called sort of jab 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 hook you know like kind of like a boxer the boxer isn't throwing every punch to knock the person out it's just kind of playing a little bit playing a little bit playing a little hey you know kind of planting the seed and then maybe you can you can throw in the the sort of the punch Otherwise, just people just think you're just, you know, you're just one big sales machine, me, 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 me. You know, you, you, you sort of have to form a little bit of a relationship, earn some trust, you know, build a community, and then kind of go in for that, for that sort of kill, so to speak. Now, I get this all the time, Michael. People will just drop me a link on my Facebook and go, yo, uh, new video out, you know, click here, or vote for me for the, for the concert or the contest. And I'm just thinking, like, could you not have said, hey, Bobby, How's it going? I'm one of your followers on Facebook and follow your content. I really, I really enjoy it. 
by the way, my band is coming out with this contest. I mean, could you have not taken a little bit of time to at least do that? You know, it's immediately in for the sale. Click here, you know, and um, and that's kind of off-putting. Um, so most people will tell you that you, you have to build sort of relationships um, first before just trying to sell, 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 sell. I know. I, I get offended when I see the uh, comments on the taxi videos on YouTube that say, um, desperate women in your neighborhood oh, like, Jesus. How, how do they know where i live <laughs> but we do we, we get those they're probably from russian spam bots but i pretty yeah. much check check the comments probably three four nights a week and uh it's amazing how many lonely women are uh, in the neighborhood where i live anyway uh, <laughs> all well, right it's, let's... Just, it's all about just just you know obviously they have some sort of dating service or whatever the, the, the hell it is but right. you know it, it's just it, that kind of marketing michael just to me is pathetic and when i see it the first thing i say is do these are there really people that will respond to this and my answer is probably yes or these people wouldn't exist right they wouldn't be yeah. doing this type of marketing um but so but it always blows me away when people do the the spray and pray kind of marketing it just I have found that it's just a waste of time and it doesn't work. And you're Absolutely. just gonna you're gonna you're gonna put people off, and, and your brand is gonna be desperation. And going yeah. back to our brand, we don't want to look desperate. No, you want to look trustworthy. Um, let's see. Next one is keywords and hashtags. And so yeah, you already uh, touched on this, obviously. Yeah, but touch on it more specifically. Hashtags. I don't think people understand all that well how hashtags can help them yeah so i mean it also it also depends on the the platform and it depends on sort of the the how the algorithms are set up for that specific platform so so for example i mean you, you kind of have to ask yourself you know so what are the types of things if people are searching for my content what are some of the words that they might use obviously to search for my content right that yeah. that's obviously the the general sense of what you know uh, creating keywords and hashtags are sort of revolve around but the important thing to consider here is that let's just say you're for example you're on instagram and you find that there's a couple trending hashtags or you find that there's a, a couple really really big hashtags i'm just going to use myself for example but if i was posting music business content there's one hashtag that's extremely successful and that's hashtag music industry right mm -hmm. so if i only used hashtag music industry i would probably get absolutely nowhere and the reason why is because that hashtag is huge there's hundreds of thousands of posts going through that hashtag daily that mine is just going to get buried so should i just avoid that altogether no but should i have maybe really really successful hashtags mid-level hashtags and maybe lower hashtags that maybe only get a hundred maybe uh posts a day and the answer is absolutely because this is going to increase my chances of actually showing up on any of these feeds otherwise i'm just constantly going to get parried so when we're just chasing the hugest uh, hashtags and the, and, and the most viewed keywords that actually could not be a strategy you're just getting buried and your stuff isn't being seen so try to have a mixture a blend between really high you know very competitive high tags mid-level competition high tags and lower level hashtags where um, do you find that information important. How, how can you check and see which ones are the most popular so, so for example on on um on 
let's just say on this is say we'll take Instagram for example. If I type in hashtag um, music industry, it will tell me uh, sort of the number of posts per day uh, that are put it or included in that hashtag. So it will tell me you know sort of how how competitive that hashtag is. Uh, there's also tools for YouTube that you can use. Um, let's just say, for example, there's a tool called TubeBuddy. Um, that's a YouTube-friendly tool that you can use. So let's just say Michael is, you know, you put up posts uh, every week. You, uh, you know, if you were titling, um, let's just say, for example, one of your videos, and you're titling it, it will tell you, like, do you, you based on your YouTube channel, do you have a chance at um, you know, at sort of rising to the top of the pack when people are searching for, let's just say, interview on on blowing up, you know, your fan base or something with Bobby Borg. You know, is that even going to is that even going to be is that even going to be seen? Is that too competitive? Is you know maybe there's another way that you can word it, like music promotion uh, for indie artists, and then maybe that is a is a is a less competitive um, way to kind of go in on the same angle. Um, so you you kind of have to be you have to be thoughtful about this because otherwise if you're just using hashtags and keywords that potentially are just getting buried on the sites, um, you know it's not really solving anything. It's not doing anything. So, but it is important to be mindful about this and to use hashtags and keywords. Obviously, uh, when you go to Google and you search, let's say you search taxi music. Excuse me. Down at the bottom of the page, you'll see a bunch of other suggestions from them on related searches. It's a exactly. really good, really good idea to write down those related searches, and then make sure that you include content on your website that has those phrases in there, um, and, and tags anywhere you can use them, because mm -hmm, that way you will get picked up. They're they're basically showing you the path. All you have to do is be smart enough to use it. Well, also, if you start typing into Google, it actually completes the search for you, right. you know, because it's showing you people are searching for this. Um, so you can just kind of, you know, they'll complete the sentence for you. So, for example, music supervisors looking for and Google will probably fill it in for you. Um, or and, or lo uh, lonely women in my, and it types in neighborhood <laughs> automatically. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, consistency. This is a tough one. You know, people get little spurts of energy and work on something. How do you stay consistent? Well, actually, uh, that's, I mean, that's a point in itself, but... but You're talking about the about other consistency, about the same thing everywhere. Well, let's talk about consistency first, and then, I'll, of course, we'll also touch on how to keep consistent as well. So, okay. first of all, consistency is is a is a pain in the butt because if you listen <laughs> to the you know the YouTube strategists or you listen to the Instagram strategists, I mean, it's insane. You know, you have to do one Instagram story a day, you have to do one IGDT a day, you need to do at least two or three posts a day. You know, who the hell? You know, you have who the hell? You have to do a story a day. I mean, who can keep up with all of this? I mean, really. And and a lot of times people don't have jobs, by the way, you guys, just so you know that. A lot of these big influencers, <laughs> they don't have jobs. Their job is Instagram. You know, uh, if you didn't know that, yes. And then we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, the, I think the, the idea here is it goes back to one of the other earlier points is you have to set goals. And you have to just say, look, you know, I don't have time to, to do this as much as I can, but I am just going to try to form a consistent schedule. 
I'm going to make sure to do one story on Instagram a day because it's easy. You hold up your phone, you know, you, you press record and you can easily in one minute, you know, do a, do a quick story and add some graphics to it or whatever and post it. That doesn't take that long. But maybe you can say, I'm going to make sure to do, you know, maybe at least, uh, a, you know, make a number on it, four posts a week, or I'm going to um, respond to all my my followers, um, you know, uh, at least once a day. You know, you just have to set goals that are reasonable for you and then just stick with them. And then just every morning just say, okay, this is what I said I'm going to do. And once I do it, just just be done with it and don't be stressing out about it, you know, but you have to, there has to be some form of consistency because if you like Michael, as you said, if you're on Instagram for two days or three days and then you just blow it off for a week and a half or two weeks and you come back, it's just, it, it, it's sort of, it, again, the algorithms, the robots are trying to figure out your behavior to pump out, content to people that are going to be interested in it or are going to keep them on the platform. That's essentially what it's all about. So if you're gone all the time and you come back and then you're gone, um, you got to do this consistently. You got to be on a consistent schedule. You know, taxi TV runs every week and we know it's going to be there and people can depend on it. And, um, you know, you're feeding the algorithm, so to speak. If all of a sudden you disappeared for three months, that's, that's not a good thing. I see it if we miss a week or I slow down on doing quarantine happy hours because I'm working on the road rally and I need that time back. Um, I, I literally will see it in our numbers reflected on YouTube. On the flip Absolutely. side of that is I've been doing taxi TV for many, many, many years. It was pretty much ahead of the pack on that. But we the channel has never blown up. We don't have 1.2 million subscribers. Um, I'm sure that we could probably improve how we're uh, tickling the tentacles of the algorithm. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's tough, man. I, I've got to say. Try, yeah, most try. people would say uh, consistency is important. Most people would even, I, I probably most, you know, YouTube strategists would say, you know, one of one of the things about what 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 you do is is yes, it's music business and it's and but you have a broad, a really really wide ride away of get of guests that talk about a lot of different things, right. um, and oftentimes a lot of people would say if you just do like one thing, you know, then eventually they continue. See, the problem is is someone might be fed like this interview today and yeah. go, oh, I I, I I like that Bobby Moore guy, you know, and I, and I like promotion, so let me listen. And then next week, they're going to feed them, that person, they're going to say, oh, this person likes taxi TV, so they're going to feed the video back to this guy, and then they go, ugh, I don't really want to talk about copyright, that's boring for me. And then they right. don't watch. So the problem is, is that, you know, there's the, the algorithms are sort of spitting it out to people that think that they're going to like it, and and the person might not be interested in copyright but might really like promotion yeah. you know so so most internet or youtube strategists will tell you you know create a channel that does nothing but promotion <laughs> so every time it feeds your video it's feeding it to someone that liked promotion before and most likely is going to like promotion again right um, Mus music business is just too broad absolutely yeah sometimes yeah uh -huh. um let's so. talk about time and i don't know if you mean finding the time using the time wisely or the time it takes to accomplish the goal so tell us all about 
time, Father Time? Well, because a lot of your guests uh, and like all of us don't have a lot of time. They have families. You have to go to work. You know, there's only so much time that you can put into obviously, um, you know, promoting yourself. So trying to sort of maximize your content. So, for example, um, you know, I might create a, a video for, for YouTube, which fits on the YouTube platform. Then I'll immediately take that and I'll cut it into a 30 second or, or one minute piece that will fit on my uh, Instagram. And then I'll take, you know, uh, even a, a, a little bit of a longer piece and put that on to Facebook. And then I'll tweet the link to that same piece of content from, from let's just say, for example, Twitter. And each way, each time, maybe using maybe a different approach to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, of how I'm trying to sort of draw people to that content. But it's taking one piece of content and sort of repurposing it for many platforms. So that's one way that you could be, you know, maximize the little time you have. Another thing you could do, obviously, is get other people to promote um, your content as well. So, for example, um, there, I have partnerships with many different people like Music Connection Magazine or Disc Makers. Um, they take my content and they, re and they actually put it on their um, uh, platforms on a weekly basis. And so they're making me uh, you know, available to their um, fan base. So, so I have disc makers promoting me at the same time that Music Connection is promoting me at the same time that, you know, 10 or 15 other partnerships that I have are promoting me. So, and of course the benefit to them is that they have fresh content. So try to find maybe things that, that you can do in that way. And then even have fans create content. A lot of times I have students uh, create content based on maybe things that I'm doing. Um, or a lot of times bands have their fans create content. Uh, there's amazing stories about bands that say, hey, the best person, you know, the best dance to our song or the best remake of our song um, will win, you know, this prize. And then they have, you know, two or 300 people posting videos with their music all over YouTube. You know, so, so you know, try to find the best ways to maximize your time because we don't have a lot of it. None of us Speaking do. Speaking of free prizes, I'm going to give away a copy of your book right now. Music oh, marketing awesome. for the DIY musician. I'm holding it up and I'm going to have everybody who'd like to win. And I hate to say you guys outside the U.S. Um, don't do it. But honestly, we've tried to mail books of this size and weight outside the U.S., even to Canada. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's cost more to send it than it does to buy the book. So if we could just get the people in the lower 48, let's say, um, to type in a plus one, Liz will run her finger up and down the list with her eyes shut as tight as she can get them, put her finger on somebody's name, and that person will win. And then she will confirm uh, with you that you, in fact, do live in the lower 48. Oh, look at you early. I didn't even wave the flag yet. I'm going to break out the checkered flag. Okay. Uh, starting now, one, two, three, go to win a copy of Music Marketing for the DIY Musician, second edition. It's thick. It's chock full of good stuff. I sleep with this copy at night. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of love and, and, and research that went into, into creating that book. Um, and I hope it can be of some value to your, to your listeners. I'm sure it can because it's got my good buddy, Tony Van Veen, CEO of CD Baby and Disc Makers on the back of the book talking about how wonderful it is. Yeah, he was very gracious to give me a quote. Very nice of him.
I love Van Veen. Close personal friend. He and I do a fishing trip every few years together. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. He flies down to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. I fly across the country. We meet for dinner like on a Friday night. Uh, we go to bed early and get up the next morning like before the sun's out, uh, get on a boat, go fishing all day, and then uh, have dinner and fly home the next day. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, we haven't done it in about four or five years now. Uh, it's, uh, it's put it on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. Well, COVID kind of messed us up. Yeah. All right. Liz, have you picked a winner yet? Uh, you can type it in uh, in the chat. Everyone in? Yeah, everyone's in. I've seen some of these people in there like 10 times already. It's the same three people. <laughs> so hopefully you don't pick one of them because that feels a little like cheating to me. Yeah, maybe putting your thumb on the scale a bit. I don't want to call them outright cheaters. Stephen Smith. You are the big winner. Stephen, do you live in the lower 48, as we say here in the United States of America? Congratulations. Waiting for Stephen to confirm that he lives here. There's Paul Smith, might be a relative. Stephen Smith, come on, answer that question. Do you live in the United States? Right now he's trying to think of people he knows in the U.S. that we could send it to. <laughs> My goodness, Stephen, where are you? Answer the question, please, dude. Stephen has gone dark on us now. Uh-oh. Man. That might mean uh, spin yeah, again. Might have, might have to. <laughs> if I don't find out if he uh, lives in the U.S. in the next, like, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. Is he still in the chat room? Yeah. Everybody's going, I live in the United States. All right, well, Liz, I'm going to let you sort that out. Uh, Stephen Smith, if you're watching, you need to send an email with your address like right now to Liz at taxi.com. Stephen, I think he moved to Costa Rica. That's funny. All right, let's move on. Hey, Bobby, um, we're not going to get through all 32 today. And right before I started today's show, I got an email from the guy that I was going to have as my guest next Monday. Um, can you join me again next Monday? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd be right. more than happy to. Uh-huh. All right, absolutely. we'll do a, we'll do a follow up, do us part two because I think we'll be lucky. We've got a half an hour left, and we've still got um, twenty of these to go through. Yeah, All we've right. got a long long way to go. All right, the next one is engagement. Yeah, so let's talk about engagement real quick. Um, so first of all, uh, real quick before I go on, I just want to make it real clear to everybody that these are not like the the Bobby Borg method of of promotion. This is these are the things that I have found as a result of a super lot of research, and it all just started boiling down to the same stuff. And, and if you, as you guys can see, it's not rocket science. It's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of simple concepts, but. You know, it's amazing when you do a little bit of all of these things, um, what can happen. So 
moving on to engagement engagement is what it is it's basically having a conversation with your with your audience with your you know anyone that responds to your material whether or not it be just a heart on your instagram post you've got to reach back to them and say hey i noticed that you hearted or liked my my post you know um so, you know, I, I went to your Instagram feed and I see that you're a musician. You've got some really cool music. I love your stuff. You know, you, you have to try to, you know, engage with your audience because otherwise it's like if you were in a club and someone walks up to you and says hi and you just look at them and don't say anything and walk away, uh, there's, there's nothing that's going to happen after that. So <laughs> other than maybe you know, uh, get accused of being a stalker. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you, you know, you, you, you basically, you have to, every little, literally every comment on your YouTube video, you need to reach back to them immediately, not two and a half months later, you know, every Instagram heart that you get respond back to them. Every Facebook, you know, thumbs up, you get, you know, respond back to them. Hey, I noticed you, you know, you, you liked my content, you know, thank you very much. Uh, what do you do? You, you know, it takes time. But again, you could set a goal and you could say, I'm going to respond to at least, you know, the, the first five hearts on my Instagram, the first, you know, five thumbs up on my Facebook and and the first five questions on my, my YouTube. And just that's your goal. And if that's all you could do, then that's all you can do. But you're doing something toward the right direction of trying to get a conversation going with your audience. Because it's really, it's all about engagement. And if you're not engaging, if you're not talking, then then basically you're, you're you're not promoting. It's not just a one-way street. Put up an ad and just hope people respond to it. You know, you have to. There has to be more to it. <laughs> All right. The next one I, I love. Um, uh, is a particular favorite of mine. It's super fans, and I feel like I've got super fans between Taxi TV and the Quarantini Happy Hour. It's a small but mighty army, and I've learned so much about myself, about how my customers think. Um, I've built a relationship with these people, especially the 60 people that come for the quarantine happy hours. We made it through the lockdown together. Um, those are my super fans. I've never really leveraged their fandom. I've never asked them to all converge on somebody who's saying nasty stuff about taxi or whatever, but I can understand the power of them and I appreciate them. So tell us all about super fans and how the folks watching today can use them. So superfans is, is extremely important. I mean, it, to, to this day, it blows me away how I get emails or I get Facebook uh, posts um, or questions from people that are, you know, are you the same Bobby Borg that, you know, that I saw play in Pennsylvania back in like, you know, 1998 or something, you know, because if so, man, you were like the most awesome guy in the world. You took like five minutes of your time to like write an autograph for us and bring us backstage to see what backstage looks like, you know, you know, and these are people, I, I don't have any idea who they are. Basically, this is someone that maybe I've interacted with. <laughs> aren't, you know? aren't you afraid that one of them's gonna walk up and say, you're using the same Bobby Borg I saw in 1998 and you go, yeah, and they go, meet your son, Jack, he's 23. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. <laughs> well, that would that, that would be scary. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but you know th these are people that I haven't talked to in thirty years. But I did something to them that basically touched them touched them in a way that made them feel special, right? Yeah. And I, and I haven't done anything since then. But these people have sort of been an advocate, sort of for you know Bobby Borg, so to speak. You know, they have nothing but good things to say. And when people have good things to say about you. 
that spreads and more people hear about that. So just doing picking one or two you know, people in your fan base and doing something really extra nice and special for them really can go a long way. It could really build sort of an ambassador for you and for your company. And of course, you're not doing it you know, you can't do it selfishly, like, here, I'm going to do something nice for you, and then you're going to do good stuff for me, you know? It's just the act of doing it, and what you'll likely get in return is 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 tenfold. So grabbing someone that, like, maybe always likes your posts or someone that always comments, and maybe sending them something or, or getting them backstage to your concert or inviting them to, like, um, sort of a, a special one-on-one Zoom with you and the band or something of that nature. Whatever the case is, writing a song for them, you know, it's their birthday, and, and you surprise them with a personal birthday song for them or something of that nature. It will definitely change people's lives and the way they see you and think about you, and they'll become ambassadors uh, for many, many years. Um, and uh, so, you know, a good a good strategy and also just it's good just to be good a good person and do nice things for people as well so it does feel good um let's talk about buzz i read a book years ago called anatomy of a buzz and mm-hmm. was fascinated by the subject so i'm anxious to hear what you've got to say absolutely um and i read the book too as well and uh, obviously an amazing book that everybody else should go read as well um Essentially, you know, it, it, people tend to talk about two different things. They tend to talk about things that they really think are amazing and are really um, special. And they also think uh, they talk, tend to talk about things that are really controversial or things that just really piss them off or things that they feel are just really bad. So somehow in between, people don't really, you know, it's kind of just people are sort of, you know, passive about it. So. So, you know, consider this and be very careful about what you do, especially in this day and age. But sometimes doing things to shake things up a little bit, um, believe it or not, sometimes can entice people to start talking. Let's let's take uh, Tyler, the creator, for example. If you guys are familiar with Tyler, the creator, he creates a very, very controversial, um, you know, video that basically has him eating a cockroach, you know, has him hanging himself at the end of the video. And this thing has, you know, billions of streams. I mean, literally. Um, Why? Because it's different. It's shock. It's controversial. It gets people to talk. Um, And this this is evident in small ways. Um, You know, experimenting with my own YouTube channel, I decided to make a thumbnail with a with a profanity in it, <laughs> and I it, I was like something to the nature of 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 creating smart goals, and it was like you know quit fucking around, you know. Um, of course, I, I, you know, and would you believe that 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 one got more you know hits and attention than a lot of the other previous videos? Just people are are you know people tend to to respond a little bit to to, to controversy. Or they tend to respond to really amazing things. So when you go and see an amazing concert, you tend to talk about it. Right. But it's a little bit more difficult just for me to say, hey, you guys, just go be amazing. You know. <laughs> um, so sometimes thinking about ways that you can shake things up a little bit. Just in, in this day and age, though, be careful. Because if, you know this could also work against you. Um, you have to be careful about offending people. You have to be careful about... Um, you know, uh, pissing off the wrong person. So this is, you've got to be really, really gentle with this. 
Yes, you do. There's so many ways to get yourself in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. Advertising. This goes back to spray and pray. You know, uh, if taxi, if I were to buy an ad for taxi on NBC during Thursday night primetime, must-see TV, if they still even call it that, 99.9% .9 of the audience could care less about taxi because they're not musicians trying to make it in one aspect of the industry or another. So mm -hmm. advertising, like everything else we're talking about, needs to be targeted. Do you want to um, elaborate, sir? Absolutely. Well, first of all, just you know, the concept that, as you pointed out in the very, very beginning, Michael, you'll spend $20,000 on your album and zero on the advertising. You know, if you want to, uh, unfortunately, a lot of these platforms are designed to make money. Uh, and they, they get us addicted. Instagram mm -hmm. gets us addicted. YouTube gets us addicted. And we're all using their stinking platform, which is, which is for one thing only, is to make them money in advertising. And don't be fooled about it. It's nothing else than that. And we're all the, <laughs> me included, we're all the suckers that are on these platforms all day long, just helping these people uh, obviously make money in advertising. But it is what it is. In any case, if you advertise, it gives your posts a little bit more hope than just throwing it out there. It pushes you, uh, you know, sort of ahead of the pack a little bit. So just the idea of advertising, maybe a little bit on Instagram, maybe a little bit on, on Facebook, um, has been proven to help a lot of people blow up their, their fan base. But that being said, now this goes back to targeting. If you don't know what you are, you don't know what your strengths are. You don't know what your keywords are. You don't know what someone searching you is going to for you what is going to you know look for what kind of words they're going to use. Then you're going to waste your money. Uh, just as you said, Michael, if you put out an ad and you don't know who you're targeting, you're going to lose a lot of money. And it takes time to figure out the right words to use and the right demographics to use and geographics to use. But once you figure it out, you know you can push your ad in front of uh, in front of uh, in front of people that might take notice to to what it is that you have to offer. Absolutely, um, and, and you know you can measure this stuff. You're going to talk about measurement lately, so I don't want to get off track and talk about it mm -hmm. now. But yeah, you you can't just say I'm going to spend a hundred book on a hundred bucks on Facebook ads and then not follow what the result is because if it doesn't work, stop doing it. If it shows exactly. some promise focus and do more of it and if it shows a lot of promise or a good result then pour money on it like gasoline on a fire exactly and and you know again you mentioned this earlier about finding the right headlines finding the right call to actions finding the right words to use the right number of words to use this is more of a science but you, you have to like get into this you have to kind of figure out what to say when to say it how to say it, what words to use. And, and it's gonna, you're gonna, I bet you anything, Michael, over the years you've got better and better at writing ads, just simply because you know what works and what doesn't. Absolutely, here's how evil I am with advertising. And you can't see this, Bobby, but I'm gonna share this with, with the folks on screen, is when I went out and looked for photos this morning to mock up this new ad idea of mine, I went with this photo and somebody said to me, but the composition's all wrong. There's nothing going on over here on the left side of this photo. Only 50% of it works. And I said, yeah, but who is 90% of our audience um, in a particular magazine that I was talking about is 96% male readership. So I chose a photo 
with a female in the ad who doesn't look like a model. She looks like a legit musician. I have a feeling she is a legit musician. So I went for credibility. I went for the opposite sex to attract male readership. And the girl's showing her abs. She doesn't look like a hoe, but she's showing her abs. And there's something attractive about it. So am I playing on the fact that there are mostly male readers in that magazine? Absolutely. But more, more importantly, I went for the authenticity in the shot. It doesn't look like somebody paid a model to walk up to a microphone in a recording studio and say, okay, pretend you're singing now, you know, and then take a picture. This looks like an actual session. So there you go. Right, um, and, and you know, and this is the this is the science behind behind marketing, and a lot of people feel very uncomfortable talking about this kind of thing or admitting to this kind of thing, but it, it's 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 scientifically proved. So you know that ad, and people might not know why, might be an ad that they would click on before another, and they don't really think like why, but they do for the reasons you just said. Right, and. Um, and they do that intuitively. So you have to kind of be tuned into this stuff. Now, some of your, your listeners right now might say, you know, you guys, you know, I'm a freaking musician. I, you know, I, come on, man. I don't like sit around like some scientists trying to figure all this stuff out. Well, in this day and age, nobody's going to come knock on your door and say, you know, congratulations. You know, we are now going to take you to, uh, you know, superstardom. You know, you have to be sort of the CEO of your own company, and you have to worry about this stuff, whether or not we like it or not. Absolutely. You know, um, otherwise, you just get lost in the sauce, unfortunately. Unless you get lucky, and sometimes people but do get lucky. So. It's so rare. And again, uh, you used the phrase before: um, "Hope is not a strategy." We both right. read that in dozens of books, and. You can wait. How many musicians do you know that are 60 plus years old and they're still waiting for their break? You know, the, that tells you everything. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move yep. on sure. to one of my favorite topics, which is collaborations. How can they use that to blow up their fan base? Well, well certainly, I mean, it, it, you know, basically borrowing the brand equity of somebody else and equity, obviously, value, borrowing the value that someone else has accumulated on their brand um, potentially can pull you sort of into their connections, into their contacts. So, for example, if I'm if I'm a songwriter trying to get my music to, you know, obviously to music supervisors, wouldn't it make sense for me to find someone that maybe has placed one or two or three or four or five more songs than me? and doing a collaboration with them because now that's going to bring me into their realm of contacts and connections. It's, it's, it's a no brainer, right? Yeah. Here's where people make the mistake, right? Why is that person going to want to work with you? So in other words, you have to think about what you can bring to the table too. What, what value are you going to bring to that person? So let's just say, let's reverse it. Let's just say I'm the person that is already placing 10, 15 songs, and you're someone that has placed none. And you go, hey, let's, we should do a collaboration, Bobby. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, what do you have to, to offer to this? So you have to be really clear what your value proposition is as well. You know, what yeah. can you bring to the table? And, do your and, homework. You know, yeah, absolutely. Figure it out. What can you, what can you, what do you have that this person doesn't, maybe what, what weakness can you feel maybe that he has? Maybe you're an excellent lyricist. He struggles with lyrics or she struggles with lyrics. Maybe you could bring that to the table. You know, um, maybe you have some context that you can make, you know, this other person, uh, uh, you know, sort of privy to. 
uh, and then vice versa. It's got to, because one thing I'm, I'm realizing is people are always trying to, like, hey, Bobby, how can I like hook up with, you know, like this, you know, hit songwriter? And I'm going, why is the hit songwriter going to want to write with you? Right. You know, you have to look at it that way. It's so important. Absolutely. Uh, we say Taxi has probably fostered more musical collaborations than any other entity on the planet Earth, I would venture to say. Uh, and that's because people get to know each other in the chat room, like right now uh, during Taxi TV. They get to know each other on our forum. They get to know each other at the Road Rally. And, it, you know, I do see people at the Road Rally that will literally walk up to practically every person they see and hand them a business card. Let me know if you want to collaborate. Let me know if you want to collaborate. Let me know if you want to collaborate. The smart ones hang out and, and genuinely build friendships with people. And eventually that becomes a collaboration and it becomes a good collaboration because they, I play accordion, let's say. Uh, which I don't, but let's say I did. Um, sooner or later, I'm going to hear about somebody uh, mentioning at the road rally in the bar, oh, yeah, I saw that new taxi listing came out today looking for um, late-night Parisian music, you know, walk instrumentals walking on the banks of the Seine River. Well, great, I play right. accordion. That would be perfect for that. Would you like to collaborate? So it's got to happen. You're right. They've got to bring something to the party. Otherwise, it's just an obnoxious thing where exactly. people people can see right through it in a heartbeat exactly um, and people and also don't like to feel used as though you know you're just trying to to work with me to use me for my connections you know people don't like to feel that way so you have to you have to figure out what it is about you that you can bring to the table very important um, i've got to interrupt us for a second just to mention something i see that one of our guys named paulie is in the chat room Polly, I don't know if you saw last week's show, but I thought of you because we had the, the Fat City Horns on last week. Um, Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. want to let everybody know who watched that show flipped out about that amazing funk song that those were actually live horn players. It is a real band, and the leader of the band is going to be my guest tomorrow on Quarantini Happy Hour. So be back here at 4 o'clock tomorrow, which is Tuesday, um, to hear about this amazing live band. Um, just mind-blowing. I reached out to the guy, super nice guy, and great story to tell about the band. Uh, anyway, okay, let's move on to the next one, which is URL slash social handle. Uh, yes, it's definitely... Um Sorry about that noise in the background. Um, Some somebody drilling a hole near you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So you you uh, basically, Michael. I mean, this is something that happens in the film and TV world all the time. You know, um, people will will send in music. Um, people will send in correspondences, and they'll they'll forget to put their 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 name or their address or their contact information on on the material. Um, so the idea here is is using your URL and social handle. You know your, you know, uh, bobbyboard.com or here's where you get me on Instagram or whatever. Um, and make sure to put that literally everywhere, you know, put that on your website, put that on your LinkedIn, put that on your Facebook, put that on your YouTube, put that on your business cards, you know, as small as a thing as this might seem, a lot of times people don't, you know, have this integration between all of their different outlets and media that they're on. So this is just a simple concept. Just make sure to put your URL, 
or your social handles on all of the different content that you have. People even put it on t-shirts, people put it on hats, people put it on posters, you know, put it on whatever you're out, whatever you're putting out there. Even you put a, a graphic up on Instagram, you could put your URL on the bottom of the graphic because let's just say someone might want to use that graphic or something or someone, you know, then boom, your URL is still on there or your contact is still on there. So that's just a really small and basic thing, but, but something people don't do. It, it's funny when I st I remember the exact moment when somebody called me up. Uh, I was still on AOL, and the internet as we know it now was not yet really a thing that anybody knew about. And a guy named Michael called me up, and he said, "There's this new thing called the internet, and you need an Earl." And I said, "What's an?" <laughs> I said, "What the hell is an Earl?" And he goes, uh, "Whatever the three letters stand for." Um, and you need one and i said and it'll end with dot com they've got these other it went dot what he said well they've got dot org they've got dot edu for like colleges and stuff but you want dot com because you're going to communicate with people and i said okay so how do i get one of these dot coms and he goes well i'll, I'll do the research tonight and uh turns out that an 18 year old kid in los angeles had already purchased taxi.com because he worked in that agency on the west side thank god the kid lived in la uh, and he purchased it for like 35 dollars uh, because he was the first owner of it and that's because the ad agency had a client called takeout taxi and he had the brilliant idea he was going to sell it to them so i called the kid up first of all we had like 2600 dollars in the bank i think at the time and taxi was like two years old maybe and I called the kid up I can't believe I tracked him down but I called him up and I said I'd like to buy your URL taxi.com how much and I said $500 I can be there in an hour with $500 cash he goes nah I think I can get more than that from the people at takeouttaxi.com so I hung up the phone. I think I called my then business partner and said, we've got 2,600 bucks in the bank. I looked at my wife and said, we got 2,600 bucks in the bank. We can't even pay rent next month, but I got to get this URL. It sounds like it's going to be important someday. So I called the kid back and said, I'll be there in an hour with a cashier's check for $2,000. He went, okay. So I bought taxi.com <laughs> for $2,000. Here's the kicker. For at least 10 years, if you search taxi anything, we came up in the first five results. But then Google rolled out a local search. So now you put the word taxi in, you're going to get Cincinnati taxi, New York right. City taxi, wherever you are. And we don't even hit the first page anymore unless you put taxi music in. So I happen right, to exactly. own, I, I paid 2500 bucks. I bought from a guy in South Korea. I bought taximusic.com many, many years ago. So at some point in the not too distant future, I am going to sell taxi.com and switch the company back to taximusic.com because it makes go. better sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And you and you know and, and this is this is you know this is a small thing but this is something that you have to do um I mean it's a huge thing but placing your URL and your contact information literally on everything so people yeah. know how to get a hold of you is extremely important. Absolutely. Um yeah, I'm amazed by how many, at the end of any physical road rally, I come home with a box full of CDs and thumb drives and business cards of people. I always tell them drop them off at the registration desk because I know if somebody has me one in the ballroom, I get 20 other people running and I don't have that many arms. So um, I get back and about a week after the rally, I take that box and I empty it out on the floor of my office. I sit down on the floor and start going through stuff. 
it's astonishing to me how many people don't have a phone number, uh, an email, a URL, a Instagram handle, nothing. They just put like, you know, Jack Jones, I love you dearly right, on there. Right. Mind blowing. Uh -huh. Yeah. Anyway. It's um, a small thing, but like all of these small things we're saying, you guys, um, they amount to something because it's not one of these things that's going to do it for you. It's the culmination of all of these things and, 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 and doing it repeatedly over several weeks of several months, several years, it all starts to add up. It all starts to make sense. And, um, so, so hopefully, you know, you kind of take these things, not like one thing is going to be the thing that blows you up, but it's really all of these things together. Yeah. And the time thing that we talked about before is important. You have to yeah. dedicate as much time to the business side as you do. Um, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say it, um, but my, my family has suffered because of my utter commitment to Taxi and its members. And the fact that, you know, this past weekend, I was here for 11 hours on Saturday. Yesterday, I stayed home and I worked about six hours from home on a Sunday. Uh, it's road rally season, so I'm working more hours uh, than usual. But the point is, if you want something badly enough, you find the will and the energy and the focus to work on it. It's that simple. So you really need to evaluate how badly you want it or don't if you're not willing to just bust your ass to get it. Yeah, you know, that that is so true. And, and, and it's also something so many people don't want to hear. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Because <laughs> Sorry. It, it's like so many people are struggling with this, you know, um, you know, God, I mean, it's like, where do you find the time? I have kids, you know, I come home, the kids need stuff. You know, uh, my husband or my wife needs stuff. You know, I've Saturday, I've got to cut the lawn, I got to do all this stuff for the house and stuff. It's, it's it's a lot of people are challenged. And I will have to admit, I purposely don't have those challenges so that I can do the things that I want. You know, um, that's the choice that I made in my life. So for me to say to somebody that you should spend as much time on your business as I do is not really fair because basically uh, I can donate all my free time to me. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, when I was, I used to practice, you know, 15 hours a day, you know, if you have a family, you know, wife and kids, that might be impossible to stick yourself in a room for 15 hours a day. You know, I spend, you know, days and days and days and hours and weeks and months and years writing books. I've written several books at this point right now. People ask me how, and it's because because I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I don't have family. I don't have kids. You know, it's just the, it's the it's the path I chose in my life. Um, so I'm very aware that not all of you are in that same place. Not all of you can donate all of your time to your career, but you have to figure out what you have available, what time you have available, what can you do that is reasonable and you just need to schedule that out and just do the do the best you can for what you have you know and and as michael uh just you know told you sometimes he does more than he should <laughs> to the point where maybe he feels guilty about uh, you know uh, spending uh, too much time in the office you know so these are sacrifices that we all make you know and it's it's all we're all individuals so it's all up to you individually of what you can and cannot do and, right. and don't worry about what other people do. Just do what you can do and do it consistently. 
I think ultimately that's the best strategy you can have. You, know? you can actually make a lot of headway by just not wasting time. Um, that, that's true. Absolutely, uh, too. I mean, I, I sat down yesterday. I decided to work from home. When I come to the office by myself on a weekend or stay here late at night, there's nothing to distract me, even though the ding of the email box or, you know, something pops up in a news feed and you go look at it. But if I'm really serious, like I was this last Saturday, I turned all that stuff off and I just sat here and focused and got so much work done. And then yesterday I worked from the house and found that, oh, the TV set in the family room was calling my name. And I said, I'll just take a little 10 minute news break at the top of the hour, see what's going on in the world because I haven't watched the news in like five days. I was shocked to find out what was going on in the world, frankly, but uh, I didn't know yeah. there were 12,000 12, people from Haiti under um, a bridge in, I think, Texas that have come over the border from Mexico. Oh, hold on, they're from Haiti. I thought they came into South Florida by boat, but no, Haitians are now flying into Mexico so that they can come over the border. And there are 12,000 of them amassed under a bridge. Just horrible stuff. I had no idea because I literally haven't watched any news. Anyway, that got me sucked in and I ended up spending 90 minutes watching the news. So you got to be strong and resist temptation. Don't eat the chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, no, for sure, man. You can really go down the rabbit hole and waste a lot of time, you know, especially, you know, mindlessly looking at Twitters and stuff for an hour or two. Or, I mean, you really got to, like, be disciplined and just say, and it goes back, that's why it goes back to all the things we've been talking about. What are my goals? And and, and make sure that they're measurable because it's going to slap you in your face, just like that note in the mirror that you put when you were starting taxi. You know, you, you have to face that note that, hey, did you do this, you know? Right. And um, if you hold yourself to stuff, you know, then basically you, you get stuff done. I used to do the, the same thing. I used to be in bed and say, I said I was gonna run today and I didn't. And I would like actually get out of bed, put my running shoes on and go run at two in the morning. Wow. Just so that I didn't lose, you know? It's me versus me. Wow. And I was just like, I am not gonna let that other voice in my head when so i'm going to go run just to beat the other side of that voice that's trying to like not make me do it so i would hold myself to stuff so it's also accountability which isn't on this list but should be you know we have to hold ourselves accountable uh, for for what we said we're going to do you know and just do it i mean it's kind of hard but yeah. It is hard. Look, if yeah. life were easy, everybody would be a gazillionaire living in a 20,000 square foot house. Right, and exactly. I, there are very few people other than people who inherit wealth, but I have a fair number of well-off friends. I wouldn't say they're super. I've got one super wealthy friend that's worth several hundred million dollars. He worked his ass off <clears throat> for many, many years. Son of a New York City cab driver, and he worked his ass off. But, you know, many of my friends are people that have a 2,000 to 5,000 square foot house, couple of nice cars, send their kids to any college they want to go to. They've all worked really, really, really hard. Um, so anyway, um, let's pick up again next Monday, same time. We've got three minutes to go, and I want to take those three minutes and answer a question that Edmund Red has been asking over and over and over in the chat room. So he gets the, I'm your biggest pain in the ass in a, in a loving way. <laughs> uh, he was persistent, and I've got to reward that persistence. So his question was, what are the best times? Uh, here it is again. Uh, whoa, it just flew by. Where'd it go? Uh, 
Oh, you just retract it. <laughs> what are the best times to schedule marketing messages? And I'm guessing um, from the limited knowledge I have that it's different on different formats or, or platforms. Yeah, it's different. It's different on different platforms. Um, so, you know, and it's also different depending on your target audience as well, too. So, again, that goes to, that's how all these things tie back into each other, you know. So you have to ask yourself, you know, like, listen, you guys, there. Michael's not doing this 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 thing today at four o'clock just for the fun of it, you know. Uh, I'm sure that he's doing it based on the fact that he he thinks about who his target audience is. He thinks about his East Coast followers. He thinks about his West Coast followers, and he kind of thinks what would be a practical time, and comes up with with four o'clock. This would probably be the most convenient time for my audience to be on this, and this way I can kind of accommodate everybody. So, right. you know, you kind of look to your audience. You know, I, I tend to release my YouTube videos around 11 o'clock um, on Tuesdays and, and Fridays simply because this is the time that uh, a lot of my, uh, let's just say, students and things of that nature are, you know, getting ready for lunch. They're pulling out their phones maybe. This is also <laughs> the time that YouTube says is, is the best time to release material as well so just doing a little research um finding out from the platform itself what are the most congested times to post um is is, is definitely something to th that you could do and, and a lot of times you could even google this information and you could say what is the best time to post on youtube and you'll get a google search result that comes up actually from youtube itself so yeah. it's not just some random person telling you that it's <laughs> 11 o'clock it's actually research from google itself so I mean, yeah, from YouTube itself. Yeah. We generally send our emails at 55 minutes after the hour. Um, reason being that I read that probably five, six, seven years ago. Somebody said everybody else sends them out on the hour. So if you'd like to beat the, the rush, send yours out at like 5.55 a.m. when everybody else is sending at 6 a.m. because they want to hit 9 a.m. in New York and 8 a.m. in Chicago. So we do that and it's worked pretty well not to mention the fact that if you're sending a lot of emails we've got a pretty robust email list here at taxi so it takes several minutes for all those you know gears to turn and get those emails sent out so mm -hmm. by sending it at 5:55, we're not showing up in people's boxes at 6 10 a.m we're, exactly. we're showing up a little bit before everybody else all right well we are now at the end of our 90 minute fun time for today um i'm so glad that you can come back next week bobby also for those of you who have not read this book and honestly i read the first edition i haven't read the second edition which is a prettier color if i remember correctly wasn't the old one yellow or it was green? gold like yeah, gold, yellow gold. yeah uh -huh. right much better color uh yeah. if i do say so myself um and I just know Bobby. He is a nut about doing his research. That's that's his calling card, if you will. So everything he's learned is, I'm guaranteed, is crammed in this book. This is also about a good quarter of an inch thicker than the last one, I believe. So yeah, there's um, a lot of sample plans in the back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me see sample plans. A lot of sample marketing plans in the back of the book. A lot more oh. resources. So, yeah. Oh, the resources alone. Holy crap the resources alone look like they're worth the price of the book anyway check it out on amazon or you can go to bobby's website at bobbyborg.com b-o-b-b-y-b-o-r-g.com just like his name 
Bobby, thank you as always. I will see you right back here next Monday at 4 p.m. Thank you, audience, for hanging with us today. I hope you learned some good stuff. And that's it. Over and out. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.